Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Craze in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode one of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm really excited to have my very first guest, Ray Vargas. How you doing, hey, Ray? how's it going? Uh, thank you so much for being here with me this morning. Yeah, this is great. I'm looking forward to it. We are going to jump right into the interview so that uh, everybody knows who you are. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am a teacher and artist from Boyle Heights in L.A. Grew up here and just loving geek stuff, comic books and movies especially. So would you say movies is your, like, primary area of geekitude? Um, yeah, it's gone that way. I mean, when I was younger, it was all about comic books, which is how I got into art in the first place. I think, uh, you know, comic books were, like, my first major influence art-wise. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think it was just, like, a natural progression to film because comic books are so cinematic, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's cool. Um, what other areas of geekitude? you claim as your own? Oh, man. Definitely Star Wars stuff. I mean, I'm kind of just a geek in general, so the things that I'm into, I'm into in a really geeky way, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like, I love to cook, and I'm kind of a nerd about food, you know? Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I actually, I love sports, and I'm, you know, there's definitely, like, the sports nerd, you know, contingent mm-hmm. there. So just, you know, art, I'm definitely an art geek for sure. And so I think just the fact that, you know, comic books are awesome and, you know, there's movies are great that I just got into them in that way. Do you have any areas where you feel like the geekitude is not strong in you? Uh, Video games for sure. You know, I play video games like we all did growing up, but it's just not something that like I was like drawn to where I want to sit in front of a screen for like hours and play a video game or like, you know, and I would say like most like television shows, like I, I'll... I'll transition with my geek prop, my beloved geek properties, like from comic book to film, but to TV, it's, it's, that's a harder sell for me. I can understand that. It's, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff in TV right now, and it, it kind of comes and goes very quickly. Yeah. So. But you know how, like, we get excited about, like, a new, like, comic book title, say, like, featuring our, you know, character that we love, or, or a creative team that we're excited about, and then they, like, it lasts, like, three issues, and then they cancel it, or, like, the storyline goes nowhere. You know, that happens mm-hmm. a lot with the television shows, right? Like, you get right. invested, and then there's, like, no season two. So, you know, I started I started watching Constantine because I love the character so much. I started watching Hellblazer, and I, you know, I was two or three episodes in, and I thought, this show is not going to last. Like, I, I'm really enjoying it, but it's not going to. And, you know, sure enough. Right. I'm, I'm the same way with, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Alphas. Yeah. And, and it was kind of the same thing. I didn't come into it until after it was canceled. Uh-huh. And then as I was watching the, the Netflix series, I'm like, oh, why did we not all watch this before it was canceled? Wait, this is terrible. Wasn't Alphas on Sci-Fi Network? I think it was. Okay. I think it was, but it was really good, which a lot of stuff on Sci-Fi is not. Right. I, I remember being surprised that you told me you mentioned that. You're like, Alphas is actually really good. And I'm like, really? Sci-Fi Network? All right, you go. Oh yeah, if they if they ever want to bring that back, I am I will lead the charge on uh, you know the geeks to petition to bring that I was back. Say, add, it is add, an amazing series. Add that to the list of geek petitions out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, right under fly, fire. You have to figure right? something else out because these petitions don't seem to be doing it. So <laughs> no, they really don't. They really don't. So um, do you have any any projects going on right now? Anything that you're working on? No. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I always have art stuff ongoing, but aside from that, and I, I pull in my, you know, my geek influences where I can here and there. I think it's something that 
I don't really have to think about it at this point because it's just so much a part of, you know, uh, what I do and, and who I am that it, it'll, it shows up somewhere. But I am working on a story that I hope to eventually um, illustrate and get published as a graphic novel. It's not superhero, but, you know, I mean, comics is such a such a malleable medium that that's something that I hope to get finished at some point. That's awesome. Any any chance of getting a clue as to what kind of graphic novel it is? It's a horror story oh that's awesome <laughs> which i feel like horror is like another one of those neat like it's a genre that you can do so much with you know absolutely so, yeah. absolutely it, it's a werewolf story oh that's very werewolves cool. are i mean that's like that was my favorite movie monster as a kid like i instantly gravitated towards that i'm i'm a huge werewolf fan. yeah like that is I, I would agree it's my my absolute favorite movie monster as well that's i'm gonna awesome. have to hit you up for your favorite werewolf stories then okay you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, if I don't know if you listened to episode zero, but uh, I, I put under my geeky uh, or my my guilty pleasures, um, I, I do follow Teen Wolf. <laughs> I realize it's 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 not it's not something I'm proud of, <laughs> but you know it's werewolves, and I'm like I'll I'll watch. Right, I'll right. Watch. <laughs> That's the place to put it. Guilty pleasures. Good job. Exactly. So speaking of which, do you have any uh, guilty geeky pleasures oh. that you don't necessarily admit to a lot of people? Oh, man. You know what's funny is that I don't know if it's just, and you might you might feel this way too, I don't know, but just just because of the circles that I, that I tend to, to find myself in, um, people are surprised that I'm so into comic books. It's, it's something that, you know, I stopped collecting when I was in college because uh, I just couldn't keep up mm-hmm. and I kind of switched over to graphic novels. But, you know, I think people are kind of surprised when I start talking about the like intricate character history of beast or something like that, you know, they yeah. are kind of taken aback. So I think like, I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure, but like all of it is just something that I don't really broadcast, you know, unless I'm around somebody, unless my, my geek radar goes off, which it definitely did when I met you. <laughs> right, this is I can totally geek out with. And then like everyone else slowly leaves the room. and it's so true it's so funny how how we're kind of like even with geek culture being so big right now we still hide in the closet yeah right we we still don't want to say anything because we're i i think just just like in a lot of things the younger generation is more comfortable with it but those of us who have grown up being like what are you reading what are you doing we don't we don't want to tell people yeah that's true you know what's funny is okay so geek culture is more popular now and it's more widely accepted. However, I would say that the younger generation, they're, they're still accessing it in ways, in mainstream ways. So like, they're getting their geek fix through movies. And who doesn't go to movies? You know what I mean? I don't right, see a lot of right. younger generation like reading comic books, a single issue of like Captain America or like, you know, the latest issue of, you know, Birds of Prey or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, although I got to say, when I open up my, my little collection at school for kids to read during class, yeah. they that is what they go immediately towards. Right. Now, granted, it's probably because it's that or, you know, the academic reading, so they're probably going to choose that. But I think it's it's fun to see them kind of delve into this media that I love. Right. That That is kind of new to them because they don't have, I guess they don't have access to it as much. I guess... You know, there's there's not as many comic book stores just sitting out there anymore. I got to tell you, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, um, but I actually took that cue from you and ran with it. And uh, last year, when I well, I teach up until this summer, uh, I, I would I would spend every summer teaching at this high school in my neighborhood in Boyle Heights. Mm-hmm. And um, my first summer there, I think, was two years ago. And one of my directives for the summer, as I took over for the teachers that were going on vacation, was 
you know, try to get them to read more and try to get them to work on their, their writing, their grammar and whatnot. And so I instituted, you know, sustained silent reading, which is something that you do, you know, at, at your school. And I'm like, okay, we're going to spend, you know, I think it's really helpful. I think it's a really good idea. So I'm like, we're going to spend the first 20 minutes of each class of each day reading silently. And they fought it tooth and nail until I brought in my collection of graphic novels and shared them with the class. And that worked like gangbusters. I mean, they got really, and some of them got really into the stories and they just, they went, they went through them so quickly and read up all the graphic novels that I, that I brought to class. That's awesome. Yeah, it really worked. I, I think, I think it's, there's something about the combination of words and pictures, you know, it, it does feel cinematic. And I had a few of them tell me, like, it, I feel like I'm reading a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can use that as kind of an underground way to, you know, once you once you have the clout, once you have kind of established your street cred as knowing what's good reading, yes. you can start slipping them other stuff that's a little bit more advanced and a little bit, you know, more more mature. I My, my gateway book for a lot of hesitant readers is World War Z. Oh, I have that um, on my shelf. I have not read it yet. Oh, you have to read I know. it. It's amazing. I bought it because you got <laughs> me to read it. Um, yeah, and I even told uh, Max Brooks, I, I got him to sign something for me at the last Comic-Con, and I was like, dude, your book has been stolen from my classroom <laughs> so many times. Like, I could probably put you, you know, I'm, I'm supporting your, your business for quite a while because I buy one every couple years. Well, I actually get the bullet and just, I, I thought I had and bought two, so I actually own two copies of that and I have yet to read it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, uh carve out some time because it is it is a great read. I um I don't know if you've seen this. It's something that I should have added to our list, but the other day I watched Max Brooks's uh, retelling of the death of Superman. Oh wow. Have you seen that? I I have. Oh my god, Joe, that's something that we need. I I would love to be there when you watch it, but don't wait on my account. That's something you need to to Google. Do you know how long it is? It's 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 kind of long. It's like 15 minutes. Cuz you're at school on Tuesday, yeah? yeah? What we we got to do on oh, Tuesday. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> to watch that now. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't. I know. I thought of it last night too. I was like, oh, I should have put that on there, and I just, I, I didn't think of it. So, see, my my geek stuff is so ingrained. I'm telling you, it's gonna be hard to like go back and like point out what are the geeky things I did this week because you know it's just part geek. of what is just part of yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of it, why don't we take it to our keep it geek this week and um and talk about some of the things we did do. Speaking of, of zombies, I I finally got through year nine of the Walking Dead series. Um, year nine of the comic book? Yeah, the comic okay. book. Like the the hardbound volumes yeah. come in kind of year-long volumes, and I had some classes I had to take uh, over the last couple of years, and I promised myself I was not going to allow myself to read anything for fun wow. until I got through them because I felt like if I was going to be reading something for fun, I should be doing my class. And that didn't make me do the classes any faster. It just kept me from reading all the books I wanted to read. Uh, so where I had left off on Walking Dead in the comic book was right about where the TV show is at this point, and I was like, all right, well, the season's about to start, and part of what I enjoy about watching this series is what they do differently, and I like knowing what's coming up so I can be surprised when it doesn't happen that way, and so I started reading Year 9, and I'm trying very hard not to do spoilers on the show, but a couple of things happened in Year 9, and I'm like, this this makes me sad. I don't 
I don't like these things. Wow. And if it's coming up in the show, I, I have a feeling we've got another very painful season coming wow. up because I think I think we're going to be losing some people. Wow. Well, you know what though? I feel like the show is overdue. Yeah, we need to lose some. Because it's soon. yeah, that was one of the. I think that's one of the things that that really surprised people that were not familiar with the story and necessarily with like you know zombie story tropes because I feel like most of us that are familiar with that know people die like that's what happens in zombie movies and you know the walking dead got so popular see this it was crazy to see the zombie story like crossover right and become this right, like absolutely. phenomenon but people would like i know i had friends and family who had never really been into you know zombie stories like freak out when people would die and get eaten and they're going what's going on this is not playing by the rules of a normal tv show or movie that i would watch I'm like you right. better get used to it <laughs> well and it's so funny there's so many levels to to zombie literature zombie movies really good zombie fiction is about social commentary right. like it is not about zombies right. they're just kind of the tool and that's what people don't understand like the walking dead isn't about zombies the walking dead is about these people trying to reestablish civilization and how that's not easy to do because everybody has their own idea of how it should work and and it's it's interesting to watch and that's that's what makes it compelling is these characters having to face these situations at this point you know you have the obligatory zombie shot at one point in every episode and then they just go on talking about how they're going to survive yeah yeah exactly um no i think you're right though about you know it this show is what this show is saying is you know, society is not so easy to fix once we reach certain breaking points. Exactly. So we should, I, you know, take more care about that. Right. And how easy it is to slip in that direction. When we cover Brave New World in, in school, because that's one of the books I teach, you know, I, I point out that this is a book that was written in the 1920s. And these are problems that even today we're we've already kind of have these problems that he's talking right. about. In, in the book and so it's it's kind of how quickly one little chain of events can reveal can reveal how people are just out for themselves yeah like how our society is really just everybody is out for themselves and the ones who are surviving but at a very high cost are the ones that are trying to take care of each other right it's something that i feel maybe this is just me being uh naive and hopeful but i feel like people are becoming more aware of that of, of how that worldview of you know we're all in it for ourselves has seeped into so many opinions and so and so many uh so much of the way that we approach things in in our society you know i know yeah i know when, when people say you know things like well it's their fault for doing that or if they didn't like that they could have just done a b and c or whatnot where really it's like the antithesis of the idea of we need to take care of each other you know just because somebody messes up or somebody makes the wrong choice doesn't mean that we write them off as like oh well you know better luck next life yeah it sucks to be you yeah exactly it's like actually it kind of sucks to be all of us so let's help each other out <laughs> seriously seriously i couldn't agree with you more and i mean i've had a very busy week so the, the only other thing really geeky that I did this week was um, I'm trying to start catching the, the TV premieres as they come out. I know you're not as much into television, but we watched Minority Report. That was pretty great. That's a TV series now? It's a TV series wow. now. And, and it's decent. And I gotta say, I don't like being a name dropper, but 
I'm sitting there watching this TV show, and I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? The the lead, Stark Sands. And I'm, I'm just trying to picture, where have I seen him before? What has he been in? So I go to IMDb, and I see that his name is Stark Sands. He went to USC with me. Oh, wow. Like, we weren't in the same, a lot of the same classes. He was either a year above or below me, I think. Um, and we, still, we just didn't run in the same circles, but I definitely knew who he was. I doubt he knew who I was. Um, but it's so weird to see people you know starting to make it. That's a pretty good eye that you recognize. Well, the only reason why I recognized him was, like, who he actually was, was his, uh, his name on IMDb, but, because it's a pretty distinct yeah. name. But we loved that, we enjoyed that, and then, what else did can we I ask, watch? We watched... Can I ask quick, uh-huh. uh, what made you check that out in the first place, Minority Report? Did you, did you like the movie? Um... I remember not disliking the movie. I remember watching the movie and going, okay, you know, it's a good movie. But I think uh, my husband really enjoyed the okay. movie, and he, he very much likes sci-fi, so he, he wanted to check that okay. out. I think that was one of the ones to hop on his list. Okay. That was um, interesting to me that, you know, to hear that that's a TV series now. It's just so, it feels so random sometimes, the projects that they decide, or the properties that they decide to, you know, to put forth in some other, in some way, you know, mm-hmm. the Speaking about like remakes and stuff in films now, it's like really you're remaking that? Okay, like I don't know where the audience is for that, but you know, like <laughs> but you do I you. Guess we're getting <laughs> a Starsky and Hutch movie now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I actually liked the movie, but I know that I don't think it it had the kind of success that they were hoping for. So kind of interesting mm-hmm. to hear that the property is being you know explored in like another venue. Yeah, and uh, and it, I guess it takes place after the movie where they've shut down the the project where they um I forget what it's called. Oh yeah, with the oracles or whatnot. The yeah, they've shut it down, and so now the oracles are kind of out in the world. In fact, this guy is playing one of the oracles. Oh cool. And and they can't they can't let go of the fact that. You know, they constantly see these things, and now they kind of are helpless to do anything about it because the program's been shut down. That's interesting. If you were going to follow up and with any of the characters from the movie, it would I, I would want it to be those characters. So that's that's pretty great. Yeah, it sounds like they, they really took the, the property in a good direction. So we're, we're enjoying it so far. I mean, I was trying to uh, remind my husband when it's pilot season. It's kind of like, it's a pilot. You know, it's their first episode. Let it get legs. <laughs> And but yeah, I think he enjoyed it, and and I enjoyed it. So that's definitely on our list. We watched Scream Queens. <laughs> have you heard of this? Uh, I have actually. Yeah. And I gotta say, it's dumb. <laughs> but it's supposed to be right. Dumb. I was that's exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be dumb. So it's it's fine. Like. It's just ridiculous. And so if you want, the the season premiere was two hours long, wow. and I think it was. It's a little too dumb for two hours. Like after a while, we're like, "All right, let's let's move on." But I I can see you know getting that. I think it's gonna be the right before bed. Usually you don't want it the scary ones right before bed, no, no but but this one's not scary. It's just stupid. You don't have to keep and watching so, it, Joe. You realize what was that? that you don't have to keep watching it. You realize that? No, but you know what? It's but it's it's entertaining. Like it's. I see what I see what they're doing. They're definitely making some social commentary. They're these characters are caricatures of everything that is wrong in society. <laughs> and so it's just fun to watch it's just fun to watch this kind of mindless stupidity with an undertone of satirical flavor. Right. So they're actually like in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, they're very much in on the as joke. As opposed to like and... all of reality television where <laughs> <laughs> they're not in on the joke. 
Nobody's right. around the joke. No. <laughs> well, I, uh, partially because they are the joke. <laughs> you guys sound pretty open-minded. That's pretty cool. I mean, you guys are willing to check out, you know, these these uh, these new shows that are coming out because I would be instantly turned off just probably just from hearing the just from hearing the description. I I probably be turned off. Yeah, well, and it's also, I think, I don't know that Matt is as enamored with it as, as I am, but uh, he seems to he seems to like it. He's giving me the thumbs up. Okay, Screen Queens, that's great. Screen Queens, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was decent. This um, just reminds me of, like, that, that mindset that I had when I used to collect comics, like, you know, on a monthly or sometimes weekly basis. I had my pool list, right? Mm-hmm. And I would just, that was my pool list. So those are the titles I read. And then quickly it, it became like, you know, which is the title I'm most excited to read because I'm going to save that for last, which logistically leads to which are the titles that I'm like the least excited to read. I'm going to get that out of the way first. And it took a while for me to realize, you know, if I'm not excited to read this title every time I buy it, why am I buying it? That's a good you point. Know, I just, That's a really good point. I think a lot of, you know, comic book kind of nerdy geek dumb is is we settle into this routine and and it it's com- the routine itself is comforting right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i i was definitely guilty of like not evaluating that like necessarily like where i was spending my money and what i was supporting because there's so much out there i'm sure i could have found a couple more titles that i was equally excited to read every month you know and right. instead i was just you know stuck in that same thing uh, or that cycle of just buying the same stuff regardless of how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, and that's what, I mean, I think that's what we try and do with, with every new season and every new show that comes mm-hmm. out. You know, unless it's something we just have absolutely no interest yeah. in, we'll watch the first episode or two and say, is this something that we want? And we'll even probably watch it longer than we're, we should. Yeah. But when we start seeing the numbers tick up on the TiVo, and it's like, oh, we've got five episodes that we haven't watched, and it's never the first thing we go to. All right, it's time to cut oh, that Oh, yeah, course. right, right. Well, that's the cool thing about Geekdom, right, is that, Definitely, geeks are the ones who are going to give things a chance. You yeah. Know? Well, I don't know. We have a we have a segment coming up later that might uh, might contradict that statement. Oh, great, can't wait. <laughs> so, how about you? What have you been up to this um, week? Well, the thing that I, I'm obsessed with, I, I want to say before I go into that, though, I did on your Walking Dead point. Um, I recently caught up with the show, so I haven't I haven't been keeping up with the book which is obviously mm-hmm. how I started. But the show was something that I stopped watching after like the second season because I just didn't have the time to keep up with it. And so recently, just, you know, sitting in my studio and, and painting, I like to, you know, put on Netflix and I'll catch up on a series or whatnot. So I basically mainlined the last two or three seasons, I can't remember how many there were, of Walking Dead in like a week. Um, nice. Yeah, and got really into it and just completely remembered why I love the show so much and the story and the characters and whatnot. So I have yet to watch the last season. I know this okay. new season is just starting, right? It actually, I don't think, starts for another week or two. Okay. So then I have a week yeah. to, to watch all of last season because it just got added to Netflix, I think, on the 27th, which was what, yesterday? Yeah. So, yeah. So so it's, it's on. So it's probably what I'm doing for the next <laughs> nice <laughs> couple days is, is watching that whole season. Um, but, yeah, so I really got into Walking Dead recently. I got back into it, I should say. Uh, lately, what I'm obsessed with is this podcast called uh, Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. And You were telling me about yes, that. Yes. It's so great. It's basically this really geeky couple, amazing couple called Rachel and Miles, who they both work in the comic book industry in some capacity. And they just started this podcast where they go through the entire history of the X-Men starting at the very beginning and explain the the plots and, and the stories and the characters and 
basically give you this like great rundown of like how convoluted it gets and and they're funny and they make really insightful comments and uh, it's just great like i am completely loving hearing about like basically being retold the history of the x-men from the beginning that's very cool it's something i definitely want to go back and do and then um i i watched the documentary that we'll talk about a little bit later that uh, you'd recommended and it even made me want to do it more <laughs> because it talks about the, I know you haven't got a chance to actually watch it yet, but it, it talks about the um, process of how Chris Claremont went through his run on the X-Men. Oh, and it's like, okay, yeah, I've got to go back and listen to these story arcs again and, and kind of look at it with the new eye of yeah. what he did and what he was talking about. So I'm anxious to start into that. I just have to figure out how to get it onto my iPhone because I know both. <laughs> Just the just the later ones are are on there, and I listen to all my podcasts on my drive to work every day. So well, they have a. I just have to figure out how to get it, how to get it in there from the beginning. Right, they have a blog at rachelmiles.com, and their blog has an archive, so you can go back into the archive and, and start from episode one. Okay. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and that the kind of stuff you're talking about with like Claremont talking about his process. So that's the kind of stuff that. I just can't get enough of. I love hearing about the process of, of how my favorite things were made. Yeah, the creative work behind some of this stuff is, and it explains a lot too. Like we're we're hesitant to start watching Heroes Reborn okay. because Heroes, the TV series uh, Heroes, was so disappointing. <laughs> but then somebody pointed out to me, he's like, "Well, you know, that was in the middle of the writer's strike." Yes. And I was like, "Oh, that's right." It's true. In fact, it may have been you that was pointing that out to yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah, I remember reading. See, that's another show. I never watched the show, but I read about it. That's the mm-hmm. thing, right? Is that I'll, <laughs> you know, it's it is a time commitment, right? And I right. have so little time that I I have to be very particular about what I'm gonna allow myself to get into because I will get sucked in. So very cool. Anything else? Um, you know, off the top of my head, I think that's that's it. That's what I've been spending my time on. That and just painting away in my studio and wrapping up, you know, my, my teaching gigs, my teaching career. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we're going to miss you. I've heard, for those that don't know, uh, Ray is is uh, one of our very frequent subs at my school and, and my sub of choice. So I'm going to have to uh, come up with another sub of choice. And my classroom uh, of choice, with all the graphic novels at, at my <laughs> <laughs> I think I used subbing your class to catch up on fables and uh, to read Squadron Supreme, which I had never read before. Did you read the original or the the ultimate? The original. One? Yeah, it's, it's a good. Novel. Yeah, it was. It, it pretty much blew me away. Yeah, I was like, "What are they? What this? When did this happen? Did they got away with this? Wow!" Very cool. Well, let's um, let's move on to the news. Okay. So, Captain America star Sebastian Sam was kind of reacting to. Zack Schneider's comments about Ant-Man. You said you had things to say about this. I gotta ask you, what is your opinion of Zack Snyder? I don't follow him very much, so I don't know much about him. I, I, I'd say one of my low areas of geekitude is I don't always connect directors to all their movies okay. and all their stuff. Okay. You know, I follow the movie stuff. I haven't been a big fan of, of all of Zack Snyder's work so far, but I love Man of Steel. And I don't know how much that has to do with the other people working on it or other influences or whatnot. I know that, you know, Christopher Nolan's um, Batman movies were a, a big influence. Right. And I don't think that's a coincidence, you know, that I love those movies uh, for the most part. And, you know, I love Man of Steel as well. But Zack Snyder has always kind of struck me as kind of a jock, kind okay. of a bro. <laughs> uh, at least, the you know, the geek culture equivalent of that. And so right. I found it kind of interesting that he, of all people, starts kind of taking shots 
across, you know, to, from, from DC to like the Marvel, at the Marvel stuff. And I feel like that's such a jock thing to do. Like he's, he's bringing these like sports style rivalries and like smack talk into this like Marvel DC thing. And so I found that interesting that, that he, of course, when I heard someone took a shot, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not surprised that it's Zack Snyder, you know? Right. Well, and, and I don't know. When stuff like this happens, again, I've got, I've got to look at it from the teacher perspective. When somebody starts bullying, when somebody starts throwing these these things out, I can't help but think, what are you what are you preemptively defending against? Like, how bad is your movie that you feel like you need to start <laughs> taking shots at other people's movies to make your movie feel better? I mean, well, clearly, we don't even have to, like, guess, because we're all aware of the inferiority complex that DC and Warner Brothers has over, you know, all the awesome things that Marvel does, right? And has been right. doing so. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's it's kind of like I I don't know. I've always taken the philosophy that when you have to do that, you're kind of you're weakening your position, <laughs> right? And and so if you're already starting at a position where you know Marvel is a massive movie juggernaut yeah. right now, yeah. and so if you want your movie to do well. I wouldn't bring up Marvel at all. <laughs> I would stay. I would steer clear and let it be its own yeah, thing. Yeah, just respectful distance. Just, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Well, are you worried about about the Batman vs Superman film? I have never been a huge DC fan. I I appreciate the properties that I know, and those are usually just kind of the big ones. You know, I I think, and again, guilty pleasure. Uh, the CW takes on the DC universe have kind of gotten me interested in it because. You, you, I'm going to be completely honest. You watch the arrow for the beauty that is Stephen Amell. <laughs> and, and then you, you realize, okay, there's stuff going on here and it's, it's interesting and it's fun as far as, as comic book genre goes. But I've never been a huge DC fan. So, okay, Superman's great and I'll watch the Superman movie, but I don't care as much about Superman as, as I would about Captain America. Right. Are, are, you, you, know, uh, and I, are you watching Superman for the beauty that is, God, I wish I could remember that actor's name. Uh, Henry, Henry Cavill. Cavill. <laughs> um, Which I think yes and no. Yes. I, I mean, <laughs> what was that? I think most of us are kind of on some level, you know. Yeah, it's regardless true. Of our preferences. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely a beautiful man, and and the thing I love about him the most, and I think that that makes him even more attractive in my eyes, is he's a geek. Really? Oh yeah, he almost missed the call that he got the Superman role because he was raiding in World of Warcraft. What? Yes. Yeah, so he's one of he's one of us. Not he's a geek. Yeah, he's a very serious. He's very serious. I don't know if you've seen him in interviews. He's very serious. Yeah, <laughs> like he takes his geekdom very seriously. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's it's kind of like coming out, isn't it? It's <laughs> it is, it is, and it's it's funny. There's so many people that I know, so many people, friends of mine, who would go, I cannot believe you're equating the two, but. <laughs> I've gone through both. Okay, <laughs> I <good>. understand. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess, I don't know. My I guess my final thought on this is the more shots I see people take from DC at Marvel, the more I worry about Batman versus Superman okay. because I think it's just kind of indication that they're worried. Yeah, yeah. Final thought: Zack Snyder, stay in your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane, dude. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, we talked about, we have talked about in the past, you and I, how much we absolutely love Rob Liefeld. <laughs> no, it's our absolute favorite artist. Um, uh, Richard in comic books. 
but we made we made a we remembered something sad this uh this week uh and you want to say what that is so apparently rob liefeld had a small hand uh <laughs> in in creating this this character called deadpool yeah and i'm excited about the deadpool movie and he didn't have a small hand right i mean this is his character right is that this is his character, insane. and and we're we're like in case you missed the sarcasm, we're not fans. Yes, yeah. not fans of Rob. How Russell. did um, how did this character come from that? Well, I guess I guess this I guess this is kind of our. Well, for me, it's my moment of of eating crow mm-hmm. and going. Okay, there are reasons. <laughs> there are reasons. It's just we tend to forget about them in lieu of other reasons. <laughs> but. Uh, he he mentioned uh, that he really likes Deadpool's take on Colossus, and I didn't know that Colossus was going to be in the movie, so I'm very excited about that. Colossus is my favorite. Did you not spot him Colossus in the in the trailer that they released? I I haven't been watching a lot of trailers. I specifically went back and watched the trailer because oh. one of the articles we were reading said that he was in the trailer. But I'm kind of doing with. A lot of the superhero movies, what you're doing with Star Wars, I'm, I'm trying not to watch too much so I can kind of watch it fresh and be surprised by things. But that one was just kind of right there, and I was like, okay, I have to watch it. It did kind of catch me off guard that they were including other characters, which I guess it makes sense because Deadpool's a Fox movie, right? So it makes yeah. sense that they would, you know, tie it into X-Men or whatnot, but um, it just it just caught me off guard. It was something that I wasn't expecting, I, I guess. I don't know. I didn't hear about, you know, Fox trying to, to tie in Fantastic Four to the, you know, the stable of characters that they have the rights to. Maybe they did. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I was surprised to see Colossus in there as well. Yeah, there's there definitely was talk about the Fantastic Four crossing over with uh, X Men, but I don't know now that that was such a brilliant success. Did you see that? I didn't. No, did you? I didn't. It it takes a lot for me not to go see a comic book. Yeah, movie. yeah, same here. I saw Ghost Rider for God's sake. You know. <laughs> 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 so Fantastic Four, you're not doing well. <laughs> no, I, that's another thing we'll have to organize at some point is that somewhere I might have one of those pirated copies of the original, original, never released Fantastic Four. The Roger Four. Corman one? Yeah, oh. we may have to sit down and watch oh. that. I actually haven't seen it. It's sitting in my, I think my grandma's house somewhere. I tried to watch it once. Oh, is it bad? It, I, I tried to watch it. <laughs> it was really bad. It was, you think like this is going to be so bad that, you know, it's going to be enjoyable on some level. And mm. then just no, just... <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, well then maybe we'll stay where it is. <laughs> so yeah, so so Rob Liefeld created Deadpool. Now Deadpool is a character. I have to confess, um, I don't know a lot about the character. Um, I have read some. I do know, however, that fans of Deadpool are really, really big fans. Um, they're really into yes. the character. It's a beloved character. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I know him from his like guest spots in other people's books, and I I I enjoy him when he's there. I think he's kind of a, I've always thought of him as a more edgy Spider-Man. Right. Like he's got the same kind of humor, but he doesn't mind crossing the line with that humor. Would you say it's like Wolverine and Spider-Man like combined, like like mashed up? Mm, kind of. I mean, Wolverine. He's got the X factor. I mean, he's got the uh, the healing factor. Right. He's violent. He's not. You know, he'll kill. Yeah, but I almost would skew more towards he has that kind of very acrobatic, very flippant feel that a well-written Spider-Man yeah, has. Yeah, or should have, right? Yeah, it's just it's just he goes R and sometimes even X-rated with it, which is awesome. But I mean, that's what I loved about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah, 
was that it it was a funny Spider-Man. Yeah, it wasn't. They're getting closer and closer to the, the right kind of Spider-Man movie. I feel like with each take on it, still yeah. haven't gone there though. No, no. Well, they got in my mind. They got one more chance. <laughs> Because if if this one doesn't make it, I think it's gonna be a long time before we see. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, how much of a character would you say is decided by the artist, though? Because I know Liefeld created him, but I mean, at a certain point, Liefeld was just like putting you know random patterns on you know and and pockets on on characters, and like that was a new Liefeld character. And I think Deadpool, a lot of the appeal of him is from what I from what I know or what I read is that. He broke the fourth wall, right? And he was like, he was funny and edgy and sarcastic. And so what I'm wondering is, was that the writer? Was that the writer's doing? The, you know, you know, how much of it was that? How much of that was decided upon creation? You know? Yeah, and that might be it. That might be it. That it was, you know, that his his artistic view of him didn't necessarily define him. It was the writing. But I don't really don't know. I mean. I mean, his name, it's, it's one of those. His name's Slade Wilson, right? Which yeah. is a take on Slade Wilson, right? Is yes, it? which is, uh, I believe, is the um, is a DC character. Okay. Yeah. That I didn't know. Yeah. So he, he was originally intended as just like a tongue-in-cheek kind of throwaway thing, and then you know some writer, as writers tend to do, you know, took him and 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 did way more with the character than was originally envisioned. I think. Because he was he was originally written as a a villain. Yeah, he? I think in in X Force, right? Or yeah, which which would explain the life of yeah. work. I gotta say, as as you know, as horrible as that guy is, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's something to be said, I think, for in, in comic books for for having a certain bringing a certain amount of energy to what you're doing and enthusiasm. I think that can take you or. Maybe it's not the case now, um, in terms of where the industry is now, but I know that there was a, a long time where that kind of, those kind of things took you a long way. Like you necessarily did not need to know your anatomy so much or your storytelling, you know, didn't have to be so sharp. But if you came with a lot of energy and just a lot of like creative, uh, uh, momentum, that would take you far. I think Todd McFarlane kind of built a career on that. Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. And then once it's time for the substance to come through. <laughs> <laughs> that, that people go, oh wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that that determines your longevity is what you can parlay that into. Yeah. You know, if you don't eventually have the talent to back it up, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna stick. Yeah, I agree. Wesley Snipes says that he's had conversations with Marvel about being Blade again. Oh, Wesley. I mean, I I wish this guy the best. You know, I know he's had some financial troubles and he's like paying taxes now. I hope, but um. I, I like Wesley Snipes a lot, but this article just made me sad because you, the 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 title is really misleading. He's had conversations with Marvel, and then you click on the link, and the article is basically like, "Well, it's in the balls in their court," <laughs> which, which means it's not going to happen. I mean, which means they've taken it. Yeah, <laughs> they've taken their ball and they've done it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think within the third line of the article, they talk about how they're looking at uh, Boyega to possibly take up, you know, the, the role of, of Blade. So that tells you right there, like poor Wesley Snipes, did, you know, practically did not need to be uh, included in this, in this article. Um, right. So that just bummed me out. I mean, I love Blade one and two. Yeah, it's a it was a great franchise. Yeah. When it, and oh, in a in a sea of really bad comic book movies, because back then, yeah, they were all Absolutely. bad. But Blade was decent. it was a surprise that it was as you know as good as it was. Right. Yeah, um, and then of course Guillermo del Toro came on board for Blade two and just you know 
did what he does, which is why I think that movie's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to take the next one? Sure. American writer, journalist, and educator Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing Black Panther for Marvel. I read an ar- another article about this. This is a this is a good article on Grantland, but I read another one last night. Uh, it was an interview with Axel Alonso, who's editor-in-chief at Marvel these days. And mm-hmm. so he talked about how this was a long time coming and how excited he is about the creative team. Uh, Brian Stilfries is going to be drawing it, which I always appreciate a strong artist paired with a strong writer. This is something that I have to say, this is kind of momentous because I'm going to, I'm going to be hitting up my local comic book store and I'm going to be buying this on a monthly basis. I think, you know, I made a transition to graphic novels at a certain point and I kind of just stick to those. And I think it has to do also with like, you know, not wanting, not being really into a creative run and then having it canceled like halfway through. I figure I'm safe with a graphic novel to at least get an ending to this particular arc, you know? Right. Absolutely. But this is a title. This is a creative team that I'm going to want to be there for every month it will be the first time in 15 years that i'm actually collecting a book on a monthly basis right well and i think this may get me i do not know that i will be buying physical comic books anymore just because space is an issue (laughs) and i've got to find what to do with my old collection uh so i i will probably be going digital but this one might be one that i subscribe very much because i i want to I want to support the team. Yeah. I want to support more diversity, yeah. not just as characters, but in, in, in the writing teams and the artist teams. Like we we need it. Yeah. It, it's we're not gonna get we're not gonna get a diverse geekdom if, unless we start helping and supporting people um, of diversity. Like it, it's just not gonna happen. Right. Exactly. I agree. And and I'm honestly I'm excited to hear the voice, you know, of of this mm-hmm. writer. As applied to, uh, you know, filtered through like this, like action superhero comic book, you know, I'm really excited about that. I, I like the idea of, you know, having, um, a varied storylines and, and, and just, just a different, someone with, with a different background coming into comic books is something that I get really excited about. And so, you know, this, this writer who has done some amazing pieces for Atlantic over the years, you know, I can't wait to see what he has to say with the character. And that, uh, that I, the interview that I read, Axel Alonso interview, he talks about how, you know, this is not, he makes a point to say this is not like some political bent that we're about to go on with this character. This is a, a Marvel character. It's an action, uh, title. And he has some amazing things planned for the first year. And, you know, that that's where we're going with this. And I love that. I love that, you know, because the other things are going to come through, I feel like. But you don't want to completely change or or take or, or you don't want to be preaching. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Absolutely. And so I was happy to hear that. And it makes me even more excited to see what, you know, what this creative team is going to do. I mean, I I'm sure once I find myself. I think you can speak to this. Once I find myself standing in a comic book store on a monthly basis, I'm sure there are going to be other things that catch my eye that I'm going to want to pick up and, you know, not just my one sad, lonely title. <laughs> exactly. This is all I can do today. So this is the kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> so this is the kind of thing that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is is bringing me back to comic books. And, and so... You know, this kind of push, you know, to diversify uh, creative teams is the exact kind of thing that, that gets me excited about reading comic books again, you know? So, so if this is a direction that Marvel is going in, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. And I, I'm familiar with his work before mm-hmm. this, but as I'm reading articles about him, I'm like, how are we not friends? <laughs> 
because he like you I I I am I am following him on Twitter. As soon as I saw that link, I was like, <laughs> "Yes, I need to know more about this person because he is our people." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's great. He's hilarious on Twitter. Follow Tanahisi Coke on Twitter. <laughs> he's hilarious. Um. Also, along the lines of uh, diversity in comics, they're going to be. I believe we have a woman writer on a new Mockingbird title. Are you at all familiar with Mockingbird? No, I'm not. There was a team book a while back that I think one of the characters was in Mockingbird. Or is this an all-new uh, character? Oh, no. She's been around forever. She was um, in the comic book universe. She is Hawkeye's ex-wife. Okay. And um, they led the West Coast Avengers for a really long time. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And she, uh, you know, I know you don't do TV, so I'm guessing you don't do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No. She's in, she's one of the characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. My husband wanted to know what was wrong with me because when I saw her pull out her, her trademark batons that she just kicks ass with, um, so the character, you didn't know who she was and then and all of a sudden, she pulls out these two batons, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Mockingbird. Oh, my God. And it, my husband is looking at me like I have gone insane. But it's one of those things where you don't you don't expect, like, a mainstream like, – she's, she's second or third tier, definitely. But, but she's somebody who has led a branch of the Avengers before, and she's definitely got a presence right. in the Marvel Universe. And all of a sudden, she's on the TV series, and I'm like, I was flipping Was this the character that was on the, was part of the show from the beginning, or is she just recently added? No, she was added, I don't think it was this past season, I think it was the season before. Okay, so she's been on it for a while before it was revealed who she was? or, or... Yeah, because she was, she was undercover, okay. and so you didn't realize who the character was until she pulled out her baton. It was very well. That's a cool payoff. That's exactly the kind of payoff that these shows should be working towards, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so she's getting her own comic book. She's getting her uh, a solo spotlight, and it's going to be uh, written by novelist Chelsea Kane. Wow. I'm not, I'm not familiar with her work, but, you know, it, we're starting to see people pay more attention to who are writing these titles. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly, that's exactly yeah. what's needed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more great. Voice, think the it's more great. voices, the better. Like, we all win, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, the last thing I want to say as far as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. go and kind of good transition is last episode zero, I, I mentioned that they were going to be doing stuff with the secret. I said secret defenders, but I was confused because uh, I know secret defenders is the title that they're giving the Netflix movies when they come together. Really? Yeah. And it's the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're not going to be the secret defenders. They're the secret warriors. So this is my, my little kind of editorial oops. Okay. From last week, that the secret secret warriors are going to be an agents of Shield. Secret defenders are going to be the whole Daredevil, oh, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. That's not going to be confusing at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not at, but uh, I'm looking for. I I can't wait for Agents of Shield to come back. You haven't uh, watched it. At I, all? This, see, this is the kind of thing where I need to know that I it, I take some convincing when it comes to television shows. I need to hear lots of good things. I need to know that it's going to be worth it to invest uh, my time and, you know, emotions. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Constantine, uh, is that, was the series called Constantine? It was, right? It was not called Hellblazer. Yeah. Uh, network television no, it would not go near Hellblazer. Um, I just heard so many good things about it. I love the character. And so when I heard they're making a television show, I'm like, oh, that's great. I hope it works out. And I heard so many great things about it that I went back and I just tracked it down online and I started watching it. And so that's that's pretty much my approach to these things. And I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been out for a while, but the first season I feel like people were kind of lukewarm on, 
right? So absolutely. Yeah. But the thing is, is I kind of stick with it because of the the movie tie-ins. Sure. And and that's been that's kind of been the series's curse and and boon. It's like yeah. it, the series doesn't take off until. Captain America Winter Soldier came out right. because then it tied directly into the movie and all this because you've seen have you seen yeah, the movie yeah, yeah. yeah okay so when when all the stuff is going on with Hydra in uh, Captain America yeah. now they bring all of that and bring it into Shield right it turns out that and, Shield has been run by Hydra this whole time yeah so this entire group that's you know well, they don't know who to trust they don't know who's you know who's Hydra who's Shield all of a sudden that episode springboards the entire series into something amazing so here's my question because I've read and I'm sure you have too about the somewhat uh, antagonist relationship between movie Marvel and TV Marvel, right? Right. Um. So, so I I hesitate to to think that that was planned. That the TV show was holding back the entire first season because they knew that you know Winter Soldier was going to be coming out and the whole status quo was going to be thrown into upheaval. Is that I mean, is that something that that you've heard or or? That you believe is what was I, happening? My opinion is that they couldn't do what they wanted to do until the movie came out. Interesting. And okay. so they, they said, well, let's establish the characters. Let's get the exposition out of the way and let it get its feet. Yeah. But it was really shaky because it wasn't consistently strong. Mm. And I feel like it very much relied on that twist to propel it into something good. It, it has It has the problem that I think a lot of television shows suffer from, and I hope we start seeing a decline in. I like the British way of doing things, where you have a story, you tell a story, and if it takes six episodes, then you tell it in six episodes. If it takes ten, you tell it in ten. And I feel like a lot of television shows, especially around the beginning, is they they have to stretch it out to 12 or 24 episodes. Yeah, and so very little is happening episode to episode. Yes, because you have to you have to kind of put it on this arc and not every moment in that arc is compelling. And this is why I can't, you know, it's hard for me to get into these television shows and why I wait, you know, to, to just, I can just consume the whole season at once. Like, there's no way I would have been able to watch The Walking Dead on a weekly basis. There's right. no way. Having having caught up to, you know, last season, I know I, I would have I would have checked out for sure. Um mm-hmm. and I've tried watching things on a week to week basis and it just doesn't work. You know, when ba- when Breaking Bad first came out, I watched the first half of the first season week to week and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't and then in later seasons, you know, it becomes this masterpiece that everyone's obsessed with. And so I'm like, Great, I'll watch that in one sitting. I have yet to watch that. Uh, that series, but I'm gonna, you know, pick a week of vacation and sit and watch it probably beginning to end. Yeah. You'd mentioned to me that you were gonna watch this Chris Claremont documentary. And then I didn't. And, and then you didn't. <laughs> but I, I got a chance to, and it's really, really good. Oh, okay, good. It's, it's just a kind of a, it's kind of a fun, just quick, this was what it was like, this is why I did it, this is, you know, I think a lot of people have heard how controversial Chris Claremont's run at Marvel was. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of butting heads. Yeah. But the way they put it, and I don't know if this is kind of going back and cleaning up the stories a bit, but they admit to, to arguments. But it's all creative. You know, it's creative people wanting their One question. Is, mm-hmm. is John Byrne in this documentary at all? Um, I'm going to be very embarrassed here and say I was listening to it, so I wasn't necessarily looking at all the names of the people who were coming. Okay, <laughs> okay. Because, you know, that was, that was who butt heads, right? It was John Byrne. And right. I, I believe that's the name of the guy who they keep going back and forth oh, to, and, and and he freely admits, you know, where the conflict was. But it seems like it was very, you know, they understood where each person was this coming. Is like from. geek soap opera stuff. I love this. Like, yeah, geek soap opera. <laughs> 
one. Well, we bring it. We we bring the the drama when it doesn't need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> we also had an article about how um, X Men Apocalypse is going to be huge. Yeah. Bigger than the other two movies. Have you been Have you been watching anything coming out about this? Uh, just the very disappointing still of uh, Apocalypse. Uh, I, Oscar Isaac's makeup. Oh, so you're you're a you're a on the the side of what did they? Yes, do? I'm on the side of uh, the sooner that. Brian Singer is done with his X-Men movies, the better. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, his his first two were good for the time, and then uh, it wasn't his fault, I think, that the third one turned out the way it did, although you could blame him for leaving to go do a, a crappy Superman movie. Um, But, sure. I mean, my favorite X-Men film so far is First Class, and that's Matthew Vaughn. I'm a big fan of Matthew Vaughn. You know, he's... He did yeah. Kick-Ass, he did um, Secret Service. Uh, I was really excited about that direction and where that was going, and then Brian Singer decided to come back and, you know, oh, you guys are in good shape now? Okay, I'm going to come back and, you know, do my thing. Yeah. Days of Future Past was enjoyable. It wasn't as, as I, I was, was not expecting to to really, you know, like it, but I actually did enjoy it. Uh, how much of that is just, you know, geeking out and seeing these characters on screen? I don't know. It, it was very well done. I really liked the movie. Mm. I thought they took something that... Days of Future Past is my absolute favorite storyline of mine. Okay. Just slightly above Agent Apocalypse. Wow. Okay. Just slightly. Just because I think... And I... here, Here's one of my... Like, we're going really deep geek here. When everybody was playing Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, yeah. I was playing the Marvel superheroes. Wow. Uh, game. <laughs> like, this is how hardcore Marvel I am. Like, a lot of my knowledge of the Marvel Universe came from reading all the character descriptions wow, in the, the game pack. What was the game called? That, that was it exactly, Marvel Super. Oh, Marvel Superheroes, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I when I was in college, I had a... Back in the, the email list days, where that was like... <laughs> that was how you did your, your geeking out with, with everybody. It wasn't message boards. It was like you everybody would sign up to an email list and, and then email each other. Mm-hmm. I had a, an email list that was dedicated to that game. Wow. And they had a kind of a, a storytelling supplement that was all about Days of Future Past, and they had how to run your characters through concentration camp setups, and they had all the different sentinels, and they had this system where every day you had to roll to see if your characters got caught or not. Wow. Yeah, it was this really intense, and so just this kind of world that they created, anytime they would release something that had to do with Days of Future Past in... um in the comics, I would grab it because it's to me it's such a great dark, dark story. It line. makes sense that you would like that and Age of Apocalypse, two very dark storylines. My favorite thing is taking a property and looking at it from a different direction. So you know what would happen if I love the What If series. I loved Exiles. Exiles. I, did you know Exiles at all? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when they didn't know what to do with Blink, but they knew they had to do something because she was so popular, yeah. they they put her in the Exiles, and it was it was basically sliders for the Marvel Universe. And it was great, because every time you went into a new comic book, you were looking at a different take on the Marvel Universe, and I love that right, kind of stuff. Right, right. Exiles, they, they kind of like traveled around different timelines, right? Yeah, they, they were kind of fixing broken timelines. Right. And so they had two groups. They had Blink's group, which was there to kind of save people that needed to be saved, otherwise the timeline would blow up, or they would, um, you know, kind of get information from things. They, they were the fixers. And then you had um, Age of Apocalypse, Sabretooth, and his team would be the assassins. Like, this person needs to be taken wow. out. Wow, that sounds like you a know, lot of fun. Yeah, I would definitely go back and pick up some of the, the graphic novels. A great cast of characters that, for the most part, is semi-rotating. You never know when the core person is going to... The, the idea is once their timeline is fixed, because they're characters from all different timelines, once their timeline is fixed, they get 
shunted out of the group and somebody else gets sucked in. So speaking of someone <laughs> someone else stepping in, what do you think about Hugh Jackman nominating Tom Hardy as the next Wolverine? I'm surprised he said a name. I think the safe thing is always to say, oh, I don't know. I'm sure they'll find somebody. Right. I was impressed that he was like, I think Tom Hardy would do it. <laughs> right. I was like, good for you. You know, <laughs> He's, he's got to know people are, are starting to talk and say, you know, who's going to be the next Wolverine, who's going to be the next Wolverine. It's like a president at the end of his last term, you know, it's like, I'm just going to say what I think now because what's going to, you know, what are they going to do, you know? Exactly. What do you think of that? What do you think, I think of that? It's a perfect choice. I, I mean, Hugh Jackman has made a great Wolverine, but you know, I, I would like to see a Wolverine that closer, you know, is closer to the comic book version, which is, you know, he's a runt, right? He's a, he's a little runt that, you know, won't quit. You know, he's scrappy. Yeah, and, and I think Hugh Jackman was a little too... I love him as Wolverine, don't get too me wrong. Man. I just feel like they nobody wants Wolverine to be the bad guy. Right. But when he was originally brought in, Wolverine was the guy who did what needed to get yes. done. And I feel like they lose that a lot. Because, yeah, Wolverine's got this compassionate side, but he's scary as hell. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. You're not sure what he's gonna do. And and I think I think the way they wrote Hugh Jackman into the role, you're, like you're never scared of what Wolverine might do. Yeah, yeah, he's the leading man, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly. Cyclops' role. What the hell, you know? Cyclops got a bum <laughs> rap on the on those uh, the singer X Men movies. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand because Cyclops is a very hard character to empathize with. Right. He's not the uh, he is he is the geek that no geeks want to be. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he's the he's the one that he he's the one who has to be the leader. He's the one who has to take charge and be responsible. And they've they've a couple of good writers have have explored that side of his character. But at the end of the day, that's not the one you want to be Wolverine. You want to be badass. And so in in those pair ups, he's always going to lose. Yeah. He's always yeah, going to lose. Of course, Star Wars is coming out soon. This Christmas. Very soon at this point, This right? Christmas? Oh my yeah. God. You're excited? Yeah. I, you know what? It hasn't registered, and I think that has to do with my approach to this Star Wars film, which is just to avoid any and all spoilers that I can possibly avoid, um, which, you know, is not totally doable. I think just in the, in the you know, the culture that we live in now, uh, where, like right. we talk about how geek culture is everywhere, and it's just kind of hard to be a geek and not hear things, but I've done a pretty good job i have to say so far of just avoiding spoilers i don't know what the plot is you know i, I don't i don't i'm not aware of any like significant uh plot points or twists or whatnot so i think because of that i have yet to like really really start to get excited but just now you saying it and me talking about it like i can feel the <laughs> i can feel the flutter <laughs> of my heart you know <laughs> That, now, did you see the, the trailer? Yeah, I did watch, finally broke down and watched the trailer. I avoided it for a while, but I finally did watch the trade, the full trailer that they, that they released. That was the last thing they released, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that got, that got me going for sure. Yeah. And then, um, one of the things that has been talked about and I, I've heard that I, I've, I've been doing the same thing, trying to avoid the spoilers. I'm very much like, I've seen the six movies and that's it. I haven't gone into the extended universe, which I know is not going to be canon once these movies start up right. again. That surprised um, me. I don't, that surprised me. Does it? Yeah. I just I just figured that you would would have you know just completely dove into that. Um, I'm the same though. I've seen the six movies and that's it. Yeah, no, that's that's honestly it's more my my brother's thing. In fact, I think when uh, when we get around the Star Wars time, I'm gonna have to have him come on and just <laughs> go full on full out geek on Star Wars yeah. and and maybe fill us up on some of the stuff we don't know about. Berserker geek rage. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I'm one of those who's approaching it as it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm excited to see it kind of come to a 
an end as far as you know the story feel complete yeah and and know where all these characters go but i'm i'm not oh is this character from this book or is that like i know a lot of people are all about i haven't even watched the the tv series like uh the different animated tv series that apparently do play very much into the mythology uh, you know i've seen a couple of the the animated things but i just was kind of curious you know mm-hmm. um it was it wasn't anything that was gonna like really hold my attention that i was gonna get really into plus i mean i hate to say this because you know i feel like i'm the pot calling the kettle black here but a lot of that stuff is for kids <laughs> And yeah, just the yeah. T- the overall tone is just hard for me to get really into, you know. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely agree. Like that's part of not the lack of appeal for me is I I do enjoy watching cartoons, but kind of more the the cartoons that have grown up with us or that are you know go back and watch and go oh I remember it. It's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> that 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 kind of cartoon watching. Yeah. I don't want a lot of watch a lot of cartoons right right yeah same here so which i mean can you imagine can you imagine if we didn't draw that line joe oh my god well like we would never leave the house (laughs) yeah exactly i'm thinking the same thing like thank you know thank god that i do have you know (laughs) some lines and and time restraints and whatnot because wow it would be a mess (laughs) see i i get help i have i have a husband who's like no this is way too geek i'm cutting you off you're done right I'm I'm out here in the in the wild west. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I am going to miss as a fan of the movies for so long is that the fanfare is not going to be the same because it's not Fox anymore. Oh, that's right. That fear. Yeah, is, that's going to be weird. And I they they have the the sound clip of what the opening's going to be and it's similar like they tried to pay homage to it, but it's not the same. And I've even heard people like there's a, a underground movement out there that people want to sing the opening um, <laughs> fanfare when the movie starts, just so that it feels authentic. Oh, Walter, I love you. <laughs> well, and I will. I will be honest. If somebody starts it, I'm singing along. I'm not going to be the one to start it, but I'll sing along. That's great. Of course. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You have a point there. It'd be kind of hard. I mean, you know, emotions are going to be high, you know? <laughs> Is that, you know, hardcore geek in the front row stands up and goes, ba dum bum Ba-da-dum-bum. I'm I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in with everybody else. Okay, uh, this brings up something that that I want to talk about real quick. What are are do you have any uh somewhat embarrassing geek moments, raw emotion along the lines of what we're talking about now of like jumping up and <laughs> singing out the fuck the 20th century fox theme? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Nothing nothing immediately comes to mind, but I'm one, do you have reason, one? Of course, you, of course. The reason why about to share? I asked this is because I had, I was really caught off guard by this, but um, sitting in the movie theater watch me, watching X2, X-Men United, the moment that Wolverine goes into that uh, small berserker rage in the kitchen when the uh, the military guys attack uh xavier's mansion yes, yes and he does. goes after that guy in the kitchen and just his pops his claws out and slams the guy into the fridge in this like full rage i burst into tears <laughs> not lying I, I can empathize with that i think that is probably my favorite up until up until days of future past because i loved anything that any of the battle scenes that had to do with um blink sure like when they went into the dark like i think about those were so amazing those are everything that i have geeked about over the years to me that was like that is that was perfect exactly i think that's why i had the reaction that i did that scene because it was like somebody went into my brain 
and like sucked out this scene that I've always wanted to see, you know, live action and made it. Like my favorite type of shows are the Ocean's Eleven kind of format where it's a bunch of people who have to pull themselves together and accomplish something. Right. That's why I hated the the um, first couple of um, Mission Impossible films. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, what is this? It's a Tom Cruise movie. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> the first thing impossible. they do is destroy the team. Yeah, it was like, exactly, <laughs> no, done. But but that, that whole segment where the, the kids are escaping the, the mansion, mm-hmm. to me, that was so indicative of what that series is. Right. Because it's not the X-Men having to for their lives it's the key yeah having to band together and just yeah. somehow make it through right like survive and and i think that's what the the movies have been missing is that the comic books were always about that struggle that's true. and i don't know that we ever feel that struggle there's talk about a x-men tv series like a tv series that has something to do with the x franchise and some of the rumors are that it's going to be like the new mutants or x-force okay. and i'm really hoping that that's the direction they go yeah. with it because there needs to be this feeling of that that's what makes x that's what makes so many people love x-men is because it's about the disenfranchised right have we just decided collectively to forget that generation x ever ever happened ever existed <laughs> Yes, no, I I wanted that to be good, and as soon as they showed us who the characters were, I was like, yeah, oh, that that was there goes that, that was embarrassing. <laughs> so we we covered the Star Wars stuff, and we somehow found ourselves back in X Men territory, which I'm not complaining about. Just kind of no, out. but it it, it it might be indicative of what uh, what our conversations are going to be like whenever we're whenever you're on yeah, the show. <laughs> They're going to be very uh, very X Men focused. So this is the first time we're doing the Nerd Rage segment because this has been bothering me for months now and I have to get it off my chest. Here comes the Nerd Rage. You need some kind of um like theme music for Nerd Rage or some kind of like theme uh sound effect or something. Yeah, I'll have to I don't know that I'll get it out for this show, but I think eventually we will have uh some sounders in between these different segments. <laughs> so production of on the new Ghostbusters movie wrapped this Oh, it wrapped. They're done. Wow. Yeah, the filming. And is it uh, Feig? Paul Feig? Is that how you pronounce his last name? He is just getting blasted by angry geeks about his all-female Ghostbusters. Really? Huh, geeks reacting negatively towards uh, uh, female characters really are... I gotta say, it's like, part of the reason why I started Geektitude was because it just drives me nuts that geekdom is like the last bastion of... Racism, sexism, and homophobia. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is, and it's so frustrating. It and have you been following Ghostbusters in this process at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. I I read about when they announced the, uh, the cast, and um, I've I've been made aware of some of Paul Feig's uh, tweets about you know uh, story points or or adding certain like classic actors to the new film, and also just generally, of course, you know, with that comes the comment section, <laughs> which I think. Yes. <laughs> what drives me nuts is, first, first of all, as soon as this came out, you know, geeks all over the world, and I, I feel like we need to come up with a name for the, the geeks that are bad geeks. <laughs> like, there needs to be a term for that, yeah. um, for the ones that, that make the rest of us look bad. Um, but they, they're like, they start flipping tables. Like, Why are you doing this to our Ghostbusters? Why are you doing this to Ghostbusters? And everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
you know, you haven't even seen the movie yet, give it a chance. And not like two weeks later, Channing Tatum and who who played the original Ray? Oh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd announced that it's okay, guys, it's okay. This movie's going to come out, but then we're going to do a Ghostbusters for Oh, you. right, for guys. Because, you know, guys are underrepresented and whatnot, so. Uh, I was like, <laughs> Not really? enough guy shit out there. Uh, I was like, come on, guys. Like, re- like I felt like... I- and I truly am, I'm trying to hold, cause I like, I like Channing Tatum. I think he's doing some very smart things with his career. Yeah, I agree. I think Dan Aykroyd is an icon and I love a lot of his work. I think they're just very excited because I know Dan Aykroyd has been all about making the Ghostbusters Franchise, again. Yeah, yeah. And so in my heart, I am trying to hold on to the fact that they're just excited about being able to do a Ghostbusters, but I feel like they're sabotaging this first movie. Right. Before it even gets a chance to get legs because they're like, no, it's, it's okay. We've got one for you. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't encourage them. Plus, they've already got one called the original Ghostbusters. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. I when, when they said that they were going to do Ghostbusters and it was an all-female all cast, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want a remake exactly. of Exactly. If they had just said they were just going to do another take on the first one, I, you know, what's the point? But at least an all-female cast, and I was like, oh, okay, I can see, you know, where they could go with this and the reason for this to exist, right? There's potential there. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're adding to the mythology. You're not, you're not changing. You're not rebooting. I don't want to reboot. I don't want to reboot of the Ghostbusters. So, unfortunately, I feel like that's the one wrinkle that I do have take issue with, and it's not something... I mean, I'm still on board to, you know, for this movie, and I hope that it's good and successful. I don't understand when, you know, geeks wish ill on something or, or hope something doesn't work out, because that's not good for anyone. You know, you no. want to like something, right? I mean, that's what I would think. You, you want something to make you happy and to be good and, and to be successful. But anyway, the one wrinkle that I read about this, this new all-female Ghostbusters movie movie is that it's it's a they're rebooting it they're not it's not just like a franchise so basically all the stuff that happened in the last two Ghostbusters Ghostbusters films is not in the in the past within this new movie really because I had heard the opposite I hope that what you heard is correct and what I heard was not because it doesn't make sense to me to start over completely it makes a lot more sense for it to be a franchise that Ghostbusters Every town has ends up having a Ghostbusters, or every part of the country needs their own Ghostbuster team, right? Right. Yeah, that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. So I I hope they're not rebooting because there's there's no reason to. There's you know continue the story. Yeah. I feel like there are other stories to tell. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, agree. and these are characters that are going to have a completely different take on on busting ghosts yeah. than the original group. Did. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, again, going you know taking it further. Th- New York is such a big part of the first couple films, right? Just think mm-hmm. of the possibilities in terms of setting. You know, what yeah. does Ghostbusters look like, you know, on the West Coast, in the South? What is the Ghostbusters? You know what I mean? Like, there's just... Oh, uh, Ghostbusters in the South would be can amazing. Can you imagine the ghosts? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God, that would be South? crazy. Wouldn't that be intense? You just blew my mind. <laughs> Let's write that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game. I'm in. So anyway, that's my nerd rage. My my whole thing right now is is stop tearing people's stuff down before it's even out. Yeah. Like I think that's a big. I I I don't know how bad. Again, I didn't go see it, but I don't know how bad Fantastic Four was. But I'm not gonna go out and see it because people tore it down so quickly. Right. And so 
stop I mean, because then we don't get nice things. You can always just go and track down some comments, you know, around the time that uh, Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, and just uh, remind people of those reactions. Yeah, I mean, and the, and I, I'm I'm perfectly happy with you debating why you think it might not be a good choice. Sure, but don't don't write, get venomous about yeah, it. Yeah, don't write it off because he's getting the the director's getting all sorts of just horrible. Like he's being bombarded by just nerd rage. <sighs> I think this is one of the things too that as you know I've as I've gotten older I've kind of uh, I as as much as I'm into my geeky things uh, I don't feel like I'm an like a, an active participant on a daily basis like a lot of people are right mm-hmm. and I think this is part of it too you know the whole I mean I'm not into video games but as I said earlier that whole backlash against you know the female creators and people trying to work in the industry that are just completely attacked you know yeah well that's part of the reason why we started the the gamer club at school was. Because I didn't like the fact that people out there were making it not okay for girls to be part of gamer society. I transferred a character in Warcraft because I used to PvP in Warcraft, and after a while, you just get tired of reading the word "fag," you know, in the chat box. And it's kind of like I don't, I don't want to deal really? with that. Really, straight out like that? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. And so I ended up moving my character to a non-PvP realm, and that was known to be very LGBT friendly. Yeah. You know, so I, I, anytime I see people tearing other people down in their geekdom it, it's just it's not acceptable in my yeah life. yeah so that's that's my little nerd rage for for this week because that's uh, that's some righteous nerd rage right there well thank you thank you all right well before we bring things to a close we're we're gonna tell you about all the different comic book conventions that are coming up next weekend and there are a lot so we're gonna try and uh get through these very quickly the mile high horror film festival will be held october 1st through the 4th in denver colorado the festival's mission is to showcase the very best genre films around from around the world. It hosts events throughout the year, with its annual weekend-long festival taking place each fall. Uh, Contraflow slash Deep South Con in New Orleans uh, runs October 2nd through October 4th. Contraflow focuses on science fiction, fantasy, comics, and related literary genres in any form, including but not limited to writing, visual arts, dramatic arts, and interactive fiction. NukeCon is celebrating its 25th anniversary. You can join this celebration of games, guests, art, and more in Omaha, Nebraska, November 2nd through October 4th. October 2nd through October 4th. Oh, what did I say? November 2nd. Oh, no, October 2nd through October 4th. Your long con. (laughs) Every year, the video game industry gathers at Electronic Game Show to present the progress made on their upcoming releases. EGS 2015 will not be the exception. Enjoy the best of digital entertainment under one roof before it reaches stores. EGS will be held October 2nd through the 4th in Mexico City. MizuCon is an annual convention based on Japanese animation and the many subgenres of anime. MizuCon will feature many of the festivals found at most anime conventions. Events will include interesting and informative panels, anime DVD screenings, live action movies, video gaming, and even an anime music video showcase. MizuCon will also host an artist's alley where local artists may showcase and sell their artwork and crafts. In addition, there will be a cosplay contest, special guests, a dealer's room, and much more. You can attend MizoCon October 2nd through the 4th in Miami, Florida. EerieCon 2015 is a convention happening October 2nd through the 4th at the Biblos Niagara Resort and Spa in Grand Island, New York. Check out this convention that celebrates fantasy, horror, and science fiction. Time Eddy Convention is an event being organized by the Kansas Doctor Who Corporation, a nonprofit fan-run group. 
You can get caught in the time eddy on October 2nd through October 4th in Wichita, Kansas. Convolution is an annual three-day science fiction, fantasy, and media convention featuring guests, performers, and vendors from a wide spectrum of the speculative fiction industry and community. Convolution 2015 theme, Legion, will focus on the phenomenon of fandom itself. It represents a warm welcome and celebration of fans and the genres they enjoy, and serves as a reminder that we are everywhere and that we come from all walks of life. Make sure to check out Convolution in Burlingame, California, October 2nd through October 4th. VCon, Vancouver's premier science fiction, fantasy, and gaming convention since 1971, will be held on October 2nd through the 4th. This year's theme is time travel. Norman Reedus, William Shatner, Dennis Rodman, Sean Astin, Vern Gorman, John Bernthal, Eve Miles, and Dean Kane are among the hundreds of celebrities and industry professionals at the 2015 Wizard World Comic Con Fort Lauderdale, part of North America's largest pop culture touring expo, October 2nd through the 4th at the Broward Convention Center. Thousands of fans will be on hand to celebrate the best in pop culture, movies, comics, cosplay, video gaming, television, original art, collectibles, contests, and more. Retro World Expo is a celebration of classic and retro video games that also embraces tabletop gaming, modern video gaming, homebrew gaming, anime, action figures, comic books, cosplay, arcade pinball machines, and much more. Come for the vendors, exhibitors, panelists, musical guests, tournaments, and a robust free play arcade, console gaming, and pinball area. Retro World Expo will be held in Wallingford, Connecticut, October 3rd. Oh my god, there are all these like amazing little like geek <laughs> enclaves like happening around the Country. That's the whole reason why I want to. This segment is either gonna like bomb or be amazing because I feel like people don't know about this. Yeah, and <laughs> they need to. <laughs> like, wow! I want to just walk into this place and be like, "What's going on here?" Retro World Expo. Wow. <laughs> Console gaming and pinball area. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> As part of Science Central's 20th anniversary activities, we will host a special event celebrating science fiction, fantasy, gaming, comic books, and more. Take photos with classic Star Wars characters, including the 501st Legion, R2-D2s, and even the Death Star. Man the bridge of a starship or join a gaming session. Buy from vendors in the marketplace and participate in a panel of local experts at Sci-Fi Central in Fort Wayne, Indiana on October 3rd. Monroe Comic Con has moved to accommodate their growth, their third show will be their biggest yet join the fun in Monroe, Michigan on October 3rd. And lastly, looking for an affordable comic and collectible show that's fun for the whole family? Look no further. Mighty Con presents the Madison Comic Con, a comic, toy, video game, and collectible show is coming to Madison Turner's Hall in Madison, Wisconsin on Sunday, October 4th. Dozens upon dozens of dealers for comic books, video games, toys, and statues, and other rare collectibles will be on hand. And that's it for this coming week in Comic Con. I feel like I've just gotten a glimpse of my retirement life <laughs> driving around to these different cons <laughs> uh, maybe maybe this is a summer vacation for a group of us we'll just caravan to all of these different things <laughs> that sounds amazing <laughs> uh, I don't know that we'd handle we'd be able to handle that much geek at one yeah, time seriously yeah I, I need like a vacation from uh, being a geek after that <laughs>
All right, so as we close up the show, I want to throw some shout-outs to uh, some of the people that helped out with Geektitude this week. First and foremost, thank you, Ray, for being part of this and part of our first episode. Thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, second, I have to thank one of my students, Sage Cherry, who is the reason why Episode Zero got online. I couldn't figure it out, and I brought my computer to school, and I was like, fix it, and he did. So thank you, Sage. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> and my last shout-out is to Rodney and Juice from the HearthCore podcast podcast. Uh, when I posted on Twitter that I was having problems, that Rodney immediately messaged me and said, is there anything I can help you with? And to me, that kind of embodies why their show is so amazing, because they're just really great guys that are great podcasters. It's a fun show. So anybody who's into Hearthstone out there, definitely give their podcast a... Uh a look. How about you, Ray? Anybody uh, you'd like to send a shout out to? I'd like to shout out to my cat, Bagheera, who's been uh, chilling with me this whole time while we've been discussing. And a uh, shout out to Lydia Middleton, who's been patiently um, waiting and listening to me completely geek out on a Sunday morning. <laughs> now we can commence with uh, a, a late breakfast and the rest of our Sunday. Very nice. Very, very nice. All the music in this episode uh, is going to be from Ben Sound, and it is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at www.bensound.com. Uh, you can currently find us at geektitude.com. Uh, if you would like to contact me, you can send me email at joehogan at geektitude.com and you can also follow me at Epic Grays on Twitter and the show at Geektitude on Twitter. How about you, Ray? Any place people can get a hold of you if they have things to talk to you about in the world of geekdom? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on my website at rayvargas3.com. Uh, that's uh, rayvargas and then the number 3.com. Um, and that's pretty much my handle at various social media places. So uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, it's all uh, slash rayvargas3. And uh, you can see my art and ask me questions and see what I'm up to. Awesome. And I, I do follow uh, Ray on Facebook. I've got to get you on Twitter. But uh, you, you post some great stuff. Oh, thanks. So definitely encourage people to, to get in contact with you. And that's it. Thanks again so much, Ray. This has been so much fun. I've had just such a great time. And I hope you have, yeah, too. Yeah, this is great. Uh, I'd love to come back anytime you'd have me. Thanks a lot, Joe. Absolutely. Remember to keep it geek.